0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and
1: welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Back in studio here on 7th and R Street, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, Robin Washet as... We are about a month away, guys, from the start of fall camp in August. But, you know, the hype and the buildup is starting to get there as, you know, there's a lot of excitement, naturally, for this season for Nebraska for a lot of reasons with Scott Frost's return. But um, with that quarterback, uh, the question of who it's going to be, i you know, I, I guess the only other time you could say that recently there's been this kind of buildup for the starter, but it re- really, I wouldn't really call it buildup, was in 2010 or 2000. It was 2010 when taylor martinez uh won the job um over the incumbent zach lee yes. and yeah. it was more of a surprise at that point i because so rarely did you ever see the guy that was the starter of the year before you know not win the job the next year and and this is a situation that's much different you got two a redshirt freshman a true freshman andrew bunch as well but I, I think it's really trending towards the direction of adrian martinez i mean the uh, just some of the things that have come out here since spring ball ended in um, this week, most recently, um, a former San Francisco 49ers uh, scout, uh, John, Eagle, Eagle scout, Eagle Scout, excuse me, Robin, watched at the Giants fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Middlecoff made a tweet about Adrian Martinez. Watch some of Nebraska's freshman quarterback from Fresno, Adrian Martinez, today. Damn, him and Frost are going to be scary. Kid is a baller, Mariota type, can fly and spin it. Robin, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, it's uh, pretty lofty praise, when you, especially when you throw the name Mariota in there. I mean, talking about a Heisman Trophy winner who's a starter in the NFL, and to put that type of expectation on a kid who hasn't played football in a year and has never taken a college snap is a bit lofty. But uh, to that credit, I mean, there's he's not the only guy that said that's that sort of hype. Uh, you know, this is kind of the latest instance of people outside of Nebraska's program, outside of the Nebraska bubble, commenting on Adrian Martinez and what his potential could be. And I think a lot of it has to do with his ability, obviously, but also it's a credit to Scott Frost and their development of quarterbacks and the lineage of players that they've been able to develop over the course of his career, um, both at Oregon and Central Florida and whatnot. So uh, I think it's a combination of factors involved here, Um, but maybe more than anything, it's that this Martinez kid is probably the real deal. Uh, We saw a glimpse of it this spring, especially in the spring game, And while, you know, it was kind of a 50-50 split at best coming out of the spring, I think more and more you're starting to see Adrian, that that hype train, picking up a lot of steam. And it's still going to be a competition this fall. But uh, I think right now, if I had to pick a starter, the clear answer for me is Adrian Martinez. Well, I think the way to
3: look at it, for me at least, the – where, we're, where we stand right now with about a month before fall camp starts is, okay, if, if all things are equal and, you're, and you know that this year is, is not going to be an easy year for you and, you know, you're going to take your lumps, if you're, you're kind of building for the future, why, why wouldn't you roll with Adrian Martinez? Um, you know, he was your handpicked guy in the last recruiting class. He was the guy that you felt was the best quarterback in the country. Uh, you know, and so I, I think that it, it would make sense for him to to be the guy and just roll with him from day one. Maybe take some lumps here and there, but um, you, you, we all saw what happened with um, you know with the UCF, where where they Mackenzie Milton, they kind of d- took their lumps a, as a freshman there. But he then, didn't start week one. Well, he didn't start. But he week- didn't have the spring either. Yeah, that's the difference. Exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as the 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 tweet and everything, I, I'm interested to know. You know, did he see some film that that was uh, you know practice film or stuff that's not necessarily public, or is he just making that statement off of um, you know off of his high, you know high school highlight tape plus the the spring game highlights? Um, you know, th- that's the biggest thing for me. Is I'm kind of curious about you know exactly how the, how he came up with that comment. But it's not the first time someone's kind of mm-hmm. made that. That's the thing. The, it's the not comparison. like just some
2: random guy i it's a former NFL scout yep. who randomly tweeted this, and it's uh, the latest instance of this type of praise being dished out for this kid.
1: Yeah, like, congratulations. You're now the number one story in Nebraska with your one tweet. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much
2: more. And by the way,
1: we're going to have this conversation about ten more times yep. on the show from now until uh, Labor Day weekend. But, um, Nate, when I think about Martinez, I go back to that story. Bob Welton, um, who's no longer here, but he was at Tennessee um, and, and was involved in recruiting Adrian Martinez on the Butch Jones staff. And they were in a meeting room with Peyton Manning, Bob Welton, and Butch. And Adrian Martinez was in there talking football, breaking down film with Peyton Manning. And when Adrian Martinez left that room, uh, Peyton Manning said, wow, wow. Like, we have to keep this guy at Tennessee. And that story always stuck in my mind. Um, But I still think there's always the fear of handing the keys to a freshman too early Um, and and let's be real Jebby is going to it's going to be a battle all the way it's not not a slam dunk Martinez is going to be the guy but I think there are just a lot of things in his favor right now um, where you just haven't had a situation like this at Nebraska in a long time
3: no you really haven't and uh, I mean, there's been a lot of people who feel like Adrian Martinez is is very, very special. Um, you know, and obviously that, that staff at Tennessee where he was previously committed, they felt that way. Uh, Scott Frost and this staff, they, they obviously felt that way way back when, uh, going all the way back to the, to when they were at Central Florida. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, how much praise, how, how, how big of expectations can you really heap on a guy before it's, it's too much to, to really live up? to I think that's that's the one scary thing for me um we all know the kid's talented we all know that he's a bright young man that that he's uh that he's a very mature kid super athletic and, and has all the intangibles but at what point does it become you know too much you know I, I I I hesitate to jump fully on that bandwagon and and get on that hype train just because I know it's not really fair to the kid.
2: Well, here's the thing. You're the quarterback at the University of Nebraska. You will be scrutinized and criticized and trashed and thrown in the dumpster after every bad move you make. And so if he wants to be a player here and be the starting quarterback at a school, uh, at a program like this, you better get used to it. So I mean, I think that's just kind of the nature of the beast. What like it or not, but uh, what makes this a different situation is the fact that uh, you know we talked about how Tennessee was all in on him and Peyton Manning was blown away. I just I look back to when Frost first took this job and it was in the late stages of recruiting Adrian and you know he was basically wearing himself down on fumes. Going back to Central Florida, they held their bowl press conference down in Orlando. So we flew from Lincoln to Orlando, did the press conference in the morning. They did their practice, and immediately after practice, he flies across the country to Fresno, California. They had a pit stop at Lincoln. Yeah, because they had to refuel, and and, uh, does an in-home with Adrian Martinez. They secure the commitment. He flies back, gets back to Orlando after another pit stop in Lincoln at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then wakes up the next morning to do practice and is vomiting on the field because he is so exhausted. You don't put that type of effort and put yourself through that type of strain uh, if this kid is not number one on your board and you have very very high expectations for him. So that in itself makes me confident that the staff feels a whole lot the same way that you know guys like John Middlecoff and all these other guys that are praising Adrian um, about what his potential could be in this offense. And Nate,
1: speaking of former quarterbacks at or quarterbacks, I mean Scott Frost will coach Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, but uh, Bobby Newcomb announced he's going to be a head coach. Um, in the high school ranks in Arizona. And I was thinking about this today. How many former Husker quarterbacks are in coaching right now in the college ranks? You, I mean, you can go down to Mickey Joseph, Mike Grant, uh, Eric Crouch now at Midland. Um, you know, Tommy Frazier at one time wasn't coaching, not anymore um, but it's, it's amazing, Joe Daly, Zach Taylor, yep. um, the amount of former Husker quarterbacks involved in college coaching and Bobby Newcomb, now the latest. Turner Gill. Turner Gill,
3: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating to see, you know, how things have kind of come around for Bobby Newcomb down there, because for a long time, he wasn't even involved in football. And then he has been, uh, you know, a teacher at Castile High School and uh, it was an assistant on their football team that, that won a state championship last year. And this is a, like a brand new school. I think it's only three or four years old, um, or this will be the fourth year. So this will be the first year uh, heading into this season that, that, that uh, you know, the incoming freshmen will be graduating. So it's like their first full graduating class. Um, and and now he's and they've moved up to five A in in Arizona. So he's kind of taking the the reins over on on a program that's on pretty solid ground. They're they're entering kind of a new new territory in terms of uh, moving up a couple classes, but. Um, you know, the, the other fascinating part of all this is that he's got a, a son on the team who's a, who's going to be a sophomore wide receiver defensive back. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty athletic, pretty talented kid too. So, uh, are, that's, that's going to be a storyline to continue to follow.
1: All right. When we come back, we're going to discuss more, uh, storylines of the current team. We, uh, came out with our Husker online top 40, our most significant, uh, 40 players here going into the 2018 season. Uh, We've got our early um, first 12 names out this week. We'll
0: discuss that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan,
1: Robin Wachett, Nate Klaus as we just talked some Adrian Martinez. And as we are now almost a month away from the start of fall camp. Yes, just almost a month away. Where did summer go, guys? It's... It's flown by, and um, you know we do this every year. It's a, a fun, topical discussion. Our top 40 Huskers, our most significant players for Nebraska, going into fall camp. And let's start with this first, guys. Um, Robin, we talked about this, Nate. Um, this was probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest, year since we've done this list. Usually your first 20 to 25, pretty similar. But this year, after your maybe top 10 to 12, the, the your last – 20 to 30 guys i mean we saw drastic differences robin
2: yeah i mean there were like 30 place swings in voting uh between you know one of us to the other so uh this was by far in my opinion the most difficult rankings we've done and i think the big reason for that is the amount of unknowns across the board i mean the influx of new players this offseason makes this a completely different team that honestly given that we saw like A handful of like what 30 minutes of spring practice in the spring game we just don't know anything about these guys and so a lot of it is from word of mouth from the coaches and from the players and post-practice interviews and then just what we know from them on the recruiting front so uh, that's why uh, i mean just look at the first edition we did there were four freshmen in the first five guys that we listed uh, between Caleb Tanner, Miles Jones, Cam Jones, and Barrett Pickering. So uh, that is going to be a theme, I think, throughout this deal is you're going to see a lot of guys placed in these top 40 based off potential and just expectation because there really isn't much else to base all, half the roster on.
3: Yeah. And <clears throat> for me, that was the toughest part is the, the, I have no doubt there's going to be a lot of newcomers that, that see time and that contribute to this team. But exactly where they fall in you know, compared to some more established you know, pieces that are already on the team – um, you know, in, in, in years past, uh, there, were always, there were always a handful of walk-ons that, for me, that ended up making my my top 40, and I didn't have any walk-ons this year. This is one of
1: the – I don't want to say it's a weak – like, I don't want to rip on walk-ons here. I'm not trying to – but this is one of the weaker years for walk-ons that are going to contribute that I can remember in, in my 20 years around the team.
3: Yeah, and to be fair, I, I do have some former walk-ons. Cole Conrad. Yeah, Cole Conrad is yeah. a guy that, that I have Who else? High um i don't know
2: maybe, maybe i think I mean, i'm
1: mean, i just trying to think yeah. out loud here yeah, um wine, wine master would be
2: the special teams guy yeah, he, yeah. he's not on there but he's up there in that walk-on conversation but uh looking at the guys that got votes i mean that's about it yeah. i mean there's really no every single player uh that's on there is a scholarship guy outside of or at least came as a scholarship guy outside of cole conrad now
1: there are some new freshman walk-ons that are going to make the fall camp roster. I mean, I think Moses Bryant, we, we've kind of heard that yeah. he, could, he could play as a freshman um, with the new rule of redshirting. But let's get down to the list, guys. Um, starting at 40, I'll just go through these first five because uh, I know we're going to spend like, – it's going to go – the time just going to fly yeah. by here. So I'm, I'm just going to lay out the first five guys and then we're going to discuss because if, if I go one by one, this is going to be a whole show in itself. But Austin Allen at 40, Barrett Pickering, the kicker at 39. Austin Allen's a tight end. Uh, a couple freshmen come in here at 37, and this gets people excited. Cam Jones, defensive back at safety, Caleb Tanner, outside linebacker, uh, both of those guys four stars, actually three freshmen in a row. Miles Jones at running back, and that's, you know, running backs have all played at Nebraska um, as freshmen really since 2002, so it's not a big surprise another freshman running back makes our list, and 35, Bo Wilson, he may or may not be a starter, but you, you think he's going to play. Um, I, I think I'll start with this, guys, the the trend of the freshmen. Um, I think there's a lot of hype and expectation uh, for true freshmen out of these six. Um, Barrett Pickering, Cam Jones, Caleb Tanner, Miles Jones. Uh, Husker fans expecting a lot of big things. I'll start with you, our recruiting guy, Nate, on this.
3: Yeah, well, Cam Jones, to me, was my favorite player in the class last year. Um, you know, I felt like he was a guy – who could, uh, if anyone could come in and make an immediate impact, it, it would be him um, because he could he could legitimately play on on either side of the football uh, and and be a special teams guy for sure. I mean that that, that to me that goes without saying. He's he's a legit six two. Uh, 205, 210 pound athlete uh, that can run and is extremely physical. So to me, I, I had him ranked pretty high. I think that he's going to be not only play, but I think he's going to play quite a bit and make make a pretty decent contribution.
2: Yeah, Nate, you had him at 28th overall, and uh, I, Sean, you had him at 34th, I had him at 39th. Uh, I'm high on Caleb Tanner. I think just by out of need for a pass rusher and his ability, I think he has the opportunity to be an instant impact guy. And, um, Sean, I remember uh, earlier in our spring recaps, uh, you wrote that Nebraska may not have recruited a pass rusher of Tanner's ability since Randy Gregory. So some lofty praise. Um, I had him at 25th. I was the highest vote. Nate, you didn't have Caleb Tanner, well, right? He was
3: a guy that, for me, I, I'm like, okay, who am I going to drop? Like, I wanted to put him on my top 40, but I couldn't I – Couldn't really justify dropping too many other guys. I I I think highly of Tanner, and I think he's going to play. But I couldn't really. I don't know. He was one of those guys that was right on the edge for me.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, You know, it's just not. There's not a lot of slam dunks. Um, Bo Wilson, too, is an interesting one because he could be a starter or he could be, like, the sixth man. I mean, I think he's definitely in the top six. For sure. It's a Mm -hmm. matter of kind of Cole Conrad, Tanner Farmer, how they're going to utilize those guys and and what they're going to do at
2: the center position. Yep, no doubt. And so um, jumping ahead to the next group, uh, 34 through 30, Nate, I want to get your opinion on this because Eric Lee came in at thirty fourth and it was almost solely off your vote. You had him at twenty fifth overall and I want you to give your reason why 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 you were so high on Eric Lee.
3: For me, Eric Lee has got to be an important part of this defense this year. Um, and, and if he's not there and they're in dire need at that cornerback position. Um, I, I think that he, with, with, with some different coaching, I, I still, I have faith that Eric Lee can can contribute at a high level. Um, uh, but, uh, if, to me, when I look at the, the most important players that are going to be on this team next fall, I think Eric Lee ranks right up there, uh, as, as being a guy that, that I have, you know, as an important guy because if he does not perform very well this defense takes a major hit and they're going to have to probably reshuffle some some you know some pieces there uh or you're going to have to rely on on a complete newcomer like a will jackson or somebody uh to to go ahead and and step in and and take over at that spot so to me eric lee is vitally important to this defense and that's why i ranked him so high
2: all
1: right who else did you have on that robin again who
2: uh, in that next group, uh, Jer- Jerron Woodyard, he was an interesting guy. Uh, we all ranked him. The only person didn't rank him was Mike. I have him the highest at 24th overall, uh, and I just think that he's got an opportunity to be an instant impact guy. He fits exactly what they want at receiver with his speed. Obviously run a 10.68 and 100 meters, um, you know, a 21.5 and then a 200. So he's got track level speed, fits exactly what they want in that speedster, you know, fast mold at wide receiver. But um, Trey Bryant. At number 32, this was an interesting guy, too, because I don't think any of us really knew exactly where to rank him yeah. because if he's healthy, he is way up the board. Guy, he's a, yeah, yeah, he's a top 10 guy. But the highest vote he got, Sean, was from you at 28th overall. Um, Greg and I had the lowest vote at 37th. So, Sean, talk about Trey Bryant and why he's kind of in that no man's land of not well, knowing what to expect. I
1: look at six quarters of football, he had 300 yards rushing, and that still was almost better than what Divino Zigbo and Mikael Wilbon did a year ago. So we know what he is when he's healthy. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't been healthy. And he's trying to get back. Um, so I, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt based on what he did and hopefully the rehab. But I still think Greg Bell is the best back on this roster right now. Um, and I think Mikael Wilbon is going to have a role. I don't really see Ozigbo being a factor, maybe in situationally. Um, but yeah, Trey Bryant is such an X factor, um, and how they handle that, how they use that and, and, and what they do. And I think we're going to know guys immediately within the first two weeks of fall camp, if he's going to be a guy or not. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be that obvious because you really can't just keep trying him. You're going to have to say, all right, this is what he looks like in camp. We're going to roll with them or not. And, and, and it's going to be a tough decision, I think for the staff, uh, to, to really look at what they have because they You know, I I think they want to keep getting Greg Bell reps, too. Mm -hmm.
2: And so we've seen encouraging videos from Trey. I mean, just doing workouts on his own. Uh, Knee looks to be in pretty good shape. But the reality is he hasn't played a live snap of football in a long, long time. Basically, since the third quarter of Oregon game last year. So uh, there's a lot to be determined about where that knee injury is and how long it's going to plague him. And could it could potentially impact the rest of his career.
1: All right. Well, uh, next week, I promise we're going to talk more about the the ranking lists. And I, I forgot how fun this is as we, we get near fall camp, just to kind of look at the roster where they're at and so many new faces. So this is going to be a fun series. Make sure you log on to Husker as we've got two more weeks of the top 40 to run. And um, our first series Um, is also online here. You can find that on Husker Online. When we come back, uh, I caught up with Rivals.com's Mike Farrell at the five-star challenge in Atlanta. He talked recruiting, but mainly we talked a lot about Scott Frost and his thoughts about what to expect from the Huskers here in 2018. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show.
1: Sean Callahan at Zaymen Atlanta for the Rivals.com convention, the Five Star Challenge as well. And I'm pleased to bring in a, a good friend of the Red Sea Scroll message board <laughs> community. Those are my buddies, uh, Mike Farrell, a uh, national recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. Mike, how you doing? Good. I'm doing really good. Well, you know, this is, um, what is our sixth challenge we've done? Seventh challenge? Yeah, I think it's our sixth. Six. And, you know, every year it presents its challenges every year. But when you look at kind of where this has come in six years and the stability you guys have had kind of putting these camps, these events on every year, um, it's got to be fun to do this every year.
4: Yeah, you know what? One of the things that when I first started in this business, I had a couple dreams, you know. One of them was to be on a selection committee for an all-star game and then I was on the selection committee for Army, I was on the selection committee for Under Armour, and I'll tell you what, that, that became more of a nuisance and a hindrance to our business than it became an advantage, the way you know, kids you kept flipping and flopping between games and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad I'm not doing that, but the other was to put together an all-star camp in the summer and have full control over the roster. And that's what I have now. So it's really cool. It's a lot of work, as you can see behind the scenes. There's just a whole lot of questions that have to be answered and kids booking travel and, and, you know, missing flights. And uh, you don't think about that stuff. But once we're on the field tomorrow, it's going to be worth it. Well, let's talk some Nebraska here. Obviously, it's been an off-season to remember in in Lincoln. um,
1: I think a year ago at this time, nobody probably could have predicted things would have fallen apart like they did in Lincoln. What is just your kind of 10,000-foot perspective of Kind of where things are at with scott frost and and the hire nebraska's made
4: well obviously it's one of the best hires out there you know when you get a coach that everybody wanted uh to come back to you know the school he played at and to choose nebraska over some programs that you might consider uh, a more favorable recruiting situation a more favorable geographical situation Um, he's he's a husker through and through and i think that's going to come through in his recruiting Um, His approach is going to be different than Mike Riley. It's going to be different than Callahan's approach. I don't think they're going to be involved with as many five- and four-star kids as they were. I think he's going to get kids that he likes. I don't think he's going to waste his time on kids that he knows are going to end up staying home. Um, And I think he's going to get kids that want to be a Husker and will run through a brick wall. That's what he did at UCF. Uh, He was a very good recruiter at Oregon as well, and he got a bunch of kids that were – three stars low four stars that turned out to play you know similar to five stars
1: yeah, and i think when people look at oregon they think it's all four and five stars but in, in the really infancy stages of chip kelly they developed a lot of guys and in, into some pretty good players at oregon
4: yeah they weren't a power program at all and and they did you know find some guys that other schools overlooked you know the kids in california that usc didn't want or ucla didn't want they brought them up there they developed them um and obviously at UC, ucf You know you're you're in florida that's a great recruiting advantage but you're you know you're fourth or fifth on the list maybe eighth on the list you know when kids are looking at georgia and alabama and auburn and some other schools so you've got to be able to evaluate talent properly and develop talent properly i would rather have a coach that develops talent than a coach that recruits talent
1: now when you look at quarterbacks scott frost has been a great quarterback developer over his time um, he inherits Tristan Jebbia at Nebraska for this season, but Adrian Martinez has been there during the spring. He had an outstanding spring, three touchdowns in the spring game on the ground, one through the air. Uh, just from your view, what do you know about Jebbia? What do you know about Martinez and their abilities as quarterbacks for this system?
4: I'm a big Martinez guy. It's nothing against Jebbia. Jebbia put up some amazing numbers. Uh, you know, a skinny kid who needed to fill out arm strength is okay. Doesn't have a cannon of an arm. Uh, Martinez has that it factor to me. When I saw him at Under Armour, um, you know, he he was thrown into a situation where he was on uh, not a great team without a great offensive line, and he was extending the play and continually uh, his first series in the Under Armour game wasn't a great one, but after that he got settled. Um, I think he's going to be a star there, you know. Uh, This is nothing against Jebbia. Jebbia's got the experience, obviously, and he's been there longer, but Martinez is the kid I think that – fits scott frost system and what he wants to do at quarterback
1: we're talking with mike farrell here on the husker online show um and, and freshman quarterbacks true freshman quarterbacks it's becoming as common as anything now we, we've seen it almost everywhere
4: yeah and it, it's these kids are so mature they're so ready you know they get on campus early so they get to acclimate to the to the college lifestyle they get to learn the playbook early um, you know i don't think by game three of your freshman year as a quarterback, you're not a freshman anymore. We saw what Jake Fromm did last year with Georgia. You know, you can have a guy like that come in. Even Jacob Eason, who transferred out and got beat out by Jake Fromm, had a good freshman year. Um, you know, so more and more you're starting to see these true freshmen come in here with the maturity to make an impact. I think I think Martinez can do that. I'm, I'm not saying that the job is his or that he's gonna be the guy, but I think Nebraska fans are gonna be really happy with, uh, with him and, and the the fact that they were able to flip them.
1: When you look at the Big Ten, too, overall, this league has improved immensely. The money, obviously, has made a difference, but there just really aren't that many weak links in this conference when you look at it now top to bottom.
4: Well, Urban Meyer came to the conference and recruiting was raised and everybody has to step up to that and you've seen some schools do it Penn State's been doing a great job recruiting and James Franklin's a terrific recruiter you know Michigan here and there with Jim Harbaugh you know those are the ones you hear about but when you talk about the West you know you got to get through Wisconsin Uh, Nebraska has a a heck of a job ahead of them I mean when you go winless in the Big Ten um, you're rebuilding but they got the right coach for that situation. They got a guy who's gonna develop hard-nosed players. They're gonna play physical. Uh, they're gonna to put together an offense that's really hard to handle. Uh, I don't think you're gonna have an expectation that they're gonna win the West or be competitive in the West right away. Uh, but I think in two or three years, I think they've got the right coach for you know, a run at that West title. And, and the balance of power could eventually shift from the east to the west because there's some very good teams in the west.
1: Yeah, how does Wisconsin do it? I mean, you study the numbers, the recruiting classes, uh, but you look at Wisconsin year after year, multiple NFL draft picks, and very few of these guys are, are four-star guys.
4: Yeah, it's it's but part of it's geography. You know, a lot of these guys come from Wisconsin or come from, you know, areas that we don't get to see them very often.
1: I feel like Wisconsin is one of the more under-evaluated states. Like, if if we went through there and just did a full audit of every high school, we'd probably find a lot of guys.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And you find a lot of guys that end up going to other places. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, Trey Waynes was it, who went to Michigan State, was from Wisconsin and ended up being a first-rounder. Some kids that that even Wisconsin doesn't decide to go on become good players. Um, It's just hard to get there as a recruiter. It's hard to get there as an evaluator. Uh, there are no real camps in Wisconsin other than their elite summer camps, and um, I think a lot of people, you know, underestimate the value of the Wisconsin football players and their system. Their system is simple. Their system on offense hasn't changed for what?
1: That's 20, why Gary Anderson's not there. For Twenty <laughs> he tried to change it. Yeah,
4: and it didn't work. <laughs> and their defensive scheme is also very simplistic. It's 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 not that um, you know it's not that hard to pick up. So you fit. The, the right guys in the right places, you keep the same scheme for a long time, you're going to be successful. So they're they're kind of fun to watch, um, and it's going to be interesting because their recruiting has sort of taken a next-level uh, approach. They're going to finish probably in the top 25, and they rarely do. So I think Wisconsin is going to be a formidable team to get They're getting past. good quarterbacks too every year. They got Graham merch this year, and he could be the best one in this class. We don't know. I mean, we don't know who the best one in this class is. The 2019 quarterback class is not that good. So when you see all these schools come after a kid like that and try to flip them, you know people are desperate for quarterbacks, and uh, they got a good one. So Wisconsin is definitely going to be the team you have to get past in the West, I think, for the foreseeable future.
1: speaking of quarterbacks from Nebraska, McCaffrey is their commit now. Right. Um, And, you know, very familiar with the name, the family. Um, Kid didn't play quarterback last year because they had another quarterback, went to Colorado. Um, so it's, it's an intriguing guy to follow. – he'll be an intriguing guy to follow this year just because he didn't even have a year, a full season under center, and this will be really his only true season as a starting quarterback.
4: Yeah, that's an interesting family. I mean, there's only one Christian. The, the brothers are not like him.
1: The one at Michigan hasn't – No, mean no. Hasn't, hasn't – He's got not,
4: that level of talent. Um, and, and Nebraska's not getting that level of talent. So when you – When you hear the name McCaffrey, you know, don't go crazy and think you're getting Christian McCaffrey. But what you're getting is you're getting a a kid who knows how to handle himself, a kid who plays against great competition in his own family, uh, much less, you know, his high school level of competition, and a kid that's going to know how to compete and what it takes to get there and and has a work ethic that you won't believe. That's the one thing the McCaffreys have, all of them. Christian has the the talent above and beyond anybody else in that family, uh, except for his dad maybe. Um, but the work ethic is there, and that's that comes from their father. Well, he's
1: not going to come in expecting to beat out Adrian Martinez. No. He's going to probably be content with the red shirt and developing.
4: He's a developmental quarterback, and he's a guy that if you get you know, a two-year starter out of him, then you're happy.
1: And then lastly, I want to ask you about that red shirt rule, um, the, the new rule that passed where you can play four games now and still red shirt. From your perspective, how much does that change things uh, everywhere across the board?
4: I love it. You know, I think it gives you an opportunity to see guys and see if they're ready for college football without burning their red Even shirt. bowl games. You know, how many times have we seen a kid go in on special teams for like two plays that ruin his entire season or or an injury situation where you're just forced to thrust a guy in at the end of the season? Shea Patterson his freshman year at Michigan. Perfect, perfect example. At Ole Miss, perfect example. Everybody said, you're crazy for burning his red shirt. And <clears throat> now with the new rule, you wouldn't have done that. So uh, I think it's great. I, I think it's long overdue. I always thought it was foolish, you know, to, to have a kid play one game and lose a full year of eligibility just because he was put in there. And I've, I've known coaches make mistakes, actually put a kid in, a true freshman in by mistake and burn his redshirt. And, and that's no longer a worry for coaches anymore.
1: Well, hey, Mike, it was great seeing you here in Atlanta, and uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes and joining us here
4: on the Husker Online Show. All right, no problem. I'll be on the boards, and uh, I'm sure they'll Be nice it. to Mike. Don't be nice to me. You don't have to be nice to me. I, I, I Listen. <laughs> You're a big boy. I, I am a big boy. I have nothing against Nebraska. People think I do, but every fan base, and I will tell the, the, the scrolls this, every fan base I go to on their message boards treats me the same way. So you guys aren't alone it's not like nebraska fans think i have it out for them but florida state florida and tennessee even texas and all those fans think that i love their school everybody thinks i hate their school that means i'm doing my job right if if half the teams thought i loved them and half the teams thought i hated them then i know i wasn't doing my job right so you can bring the hate all you want it's, it's kind of fun gorney and i get a kick out of it um, it's a fun board and it is i will tell you this on rivals it is the most active message board that I've ever been on, on Rivals.
1: And that's a compliment to you, Husker fans. It is. Well, hey, Mike, thanks again. Um, we look forward to having you on the board and, and, and your contributions here uh, over the upcoming season. All right, when we come back, much more to come. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We're here in Atlanta, Sean
1: Callahan with Kentucky four-star running back Wondell Robinson. And Wondell, when you come to an event like this, you learn some kind of new pieces of information. And and one of the things you shared is you're planning on taking an official visit to Nebraska.
3: Yes, um, September 1st, the first game of the year. So they've been really trying to get me out there, and I couldn't get out there this summer. So as 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 soon as the season starts, I'll be getting out there.
1: How did that all play out? You had an interesting story, kind of how the Nebraska offer and interest played out.
3: Um, well, so another school's offensive coordinator asked the quarterback that I was really close with if I was interested in Nebraska, and I was like, yeah. And so then about two weeks later, I started to hear from them, and then a week later after that, they offered me. So it was just a really – it was interesting, but I really – I appreciated it. So.
1: And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan now with Nate Klaus. As, um, just getting back from Atlanta, you heard from Mike Farrell, give some interesting thoughts about Scott Frost in Nebraska. And that was Wandell uh, Robinson, a four-star running back out of Kentucky. Um, athlete, I guess you'd call him, a duck R, uh, kind of a slot, a guy that can play it all. And uh, we bring in Nate Klaus to the conversation. Um, Nate, uh, we're going to spend this time talking about kind of some of the information um, we learned at the five-star challenge uh, regarding Nebraska. ball, uh, Nebraska. But let, let's start with Wandell Robinson. I, I thought that was the most interesting piece of Husker news that came out of it because here's a four-star duck R athlete, you know, kind of a J.D. Spielman, Tyjon, Lindsay-ish type athlete, that wasn't even on the radar, but says that he's gonna come into Nebraska probably for the season opener against Akron.
3: Well, yeah, and I I think the interesting thing about it is that there's gonna be guys like this that kind of fall through the cracks, so to speak, um, you know, when Nebraska has covered their bases as well as they have when, when they've got, you know, between three and four hundred offers out there, there's going to be some guys that maybe are flying under the radar that are pretty interested in Nebraska. Uh, and Wondell Robinson is one of those guys. But I tell you what, you turn on the tape and you you figure out real quick, you know exactly why Nebraska likes this kid. He's he's extremely fast, extremely quick, uh, can cut on a dime. Um, is just uh, an explosive athlete in, in the open field. So they can get creative with a player like this and get him the ball. Um, you know, in, in a number of different ways, whether it's as a running back, uh, slot receiver, as, you know, as somebody who's, who could do fly sweeps. Um, I mean, he could even be a, a special teams guy uh, down the road, too. So, I mean, he's a pretty dynamic uh, prospect, and, um, you know, when you look at, at the teams that are after him, too, it, it doesn't take long to, to say, oh, you know, kind of get your attention when you're talking about, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and, and some other big big hitters out there that are really after this kid hard.
1: Yeah, he visited uh, um, Michigan and Purdue are ready as officials, and Nebraska would be right now his third official. Which um, it would be the first weekend guys can take officials again after the dead period, which is the season opener on Labor Day weekend. Um, so that will be interesting. I, I think Kentucky is going to be a player. Our good friend Vince Marrow, um, yeah. yeah. obviously very involved with, with Wandell, but um, that that's going to be interesting because you're right. You're going to you're going to find out more guys. Um, that are going to uh, kind of pop on the radar. Another interesting nugget, Nate, that came out of Atlanta, Lloyd Summerall, a four-star defensive end out of Florida, uh, says he plans to use an official visit to Nebraska. And they're one of the teams, along with Georgia and LSU and um, all the Florida teams like Florida State, Florida, and Miami that are kind of in it with him. I mean, it's going to be tough, I think, to, to beat those in-state teams, especially with the changes in coaches that have happened in Florida. you got great coaches at all these programs in the state of Florida right now but uh, Nebraska is uh, hopefully at least going to get a swing at Lloyd Summerall.
3: Yeah, and, and and really I think what kind of the relationship there is that UCF this this coaching staff offered Lloyd Summerall when they're at UCF. So they were one of the f- very first teams to offer him a long time ago. So there's been kind of a pre-existing relationship that that's been going on with Lloyd Summerall there. And then when they, once they came to Nebraska, they offered him, you know, shortly after after they moved, made the move to Lincoln. Um, you know, and I remember the first time I talked with Lloyd, it was back in like February, and I asked him if he had you know, interest in Nebraska, and he said, absolutely, you know, after what that coaching staff accomplished at Central Florida, uh, you know, I have a feeling that they can do the same thing or bigger things at Nebraska, and so um, you know, that's, that's kind of been the, the prevailing theme with Lloyd Summerall uh, as far as his interest goes in Nebraska. I remember talking with him at the, the Orlando Rivals camp, and at that time, it seemed like between February and, and that Orlando camp, things had uh, maybe you know maybe dissipated a little bit, but uh, you know Nebraska stayed consistent there, and and you know they should be getting uh, an official visit, and, and as we all know, it only takes you know one official visit, you know, get a kid on campus one time to to give yourself a, a swinging shot at, at things, and and that's you know it looks like what that's what's going to happen here.
1: Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. We're talking uh, recruiting storylines that came out of the five star challenge uh, that took place in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz Stadium. And no Husker commits there, but plenty of uh, storylines. And another one, Nate, and we talk about St. Louis recruiting a lot on the show. Uh, You and I have been banging the St. Louis drum now for five or six years. Um, In fact, somebody told me this from Rivals that they've done a study of teams that have come in and made the most offers to St. Louis. And Nebraska was like by far the most. So they've tried and. They're still trying to crack that nut. Well, two guys that were late add ons from Cardinal Ritter in St. Louis, uh, wide receiver, Jamison Williams, who just visited Ohio state as an official. And then cam Coleman who left IMG Academy. He's now going to Cardinal Ritter um, this, this upcoming year uh, transferring there from IMG Academy. Those two guys um, uh, I said, Ritter is a Ritter.
3: Yeah. Cardinal Ritter. R- uh,
1: b- both those guys um, still on the radar for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is can they get him on campus, and and that's what we don't know. And it seems like uh, from my conversations, Jamison Williams would be the one that maybe they want more right now. And Cam Coleman, I think a lot of people are t- taking more of a wait and see um, because he, he didn't really perform very well, as you mentioned to me earlier at IMG Academy.
3: Yeah, he's you know he's an interesting story because as a as a freshman and and as a sophomore. Um, Actually, I think just as a freshman. uh, And he's a four-star. I mean, it's not like he's, like, underrated or anything. Yeah, exactly. In St. Louis, you know, he he, he helped lead his team to, I think, an appearance in the state finals along with Kyron Williams. They were on the same team as as freshmen in high school, and then he ended up uh, transferring to IMG Academy. um, You know, and and with all the great players at IMG Academy, for for a sophomore to transfer out there, uh, you know, he he didn't see a whole lot of time. And and even last year didn't see – a ton of action at the varsity level. I think he only had, you know, right around seven catches or so on the season. Nothing... Um, you know, not didn't have a whole lot of tape to, to put together. So, um, you know, he's maintained a high profile, but hasn't put a ton on film. And, and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of schools are kind of taking a wait and see approach there. He has a lot of offers, obviously. Um, you know, he picked up the Nebraska offer from the previous coaching staff. I'm not sure how much this coaching staff has, has you know, been extremely active in, in terms of his recruitment. Uh, we know Kenny Wilhite is, has maintained a relationship with him. Um, um, being a St. Louis guy, being on Nebraska's staff uh, you know through the transition and everything but so that'll be interesting to see where things go with Cam Williams, but uh, Jamison Williams is or Cam Coleman, sorry, but Jamison Williams uh, is, is definitely a kid that, that the staff seems to be all in on. Uh, Troy Walters has been recruiting him hard. Um, you know, and, and they're going to be in line. He did, he, they recently just made uh, the, the cut on his top five, and, and they're going to be in line to, to get an official visit out of him, and uh, not, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, you know, Nebraska's in there with some heavy hitters once again, but uh, again, you know, get a, get a kid on campus and you never know what can happen.
1: And then lastly, Nate, the last uh, player uh, really that, you know, mentioned Nebraska, a guy to watch, uh, offense, another IMG Academy guy, originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, though, um, offensive lineman, and, and help me with the last name again, Chris? Ak,
3: Akpere, Akperegini? I th-
1: they, they call him Chris A, Yeah, um, but originally from Nigeria, uh, 6'5", 280, lean, lean kid, kind of reminds you of Danielson Ek out of Kansas City, another four-star um, African descent offensive lineman that doesn't really know that much about college football in the United States, doesn't really have a rooting interest. His wants needs and desires are a little bit different he's looking at education school campuses he's not necessarily looking at tradition of a school history and and whatnot and, and nebraska is in the, i think they're on the outside right now um chris is going to make a decision um, he told me in late july but he still plans to take official visits during the season so um, it's, it's going to be an unorthodox kind of path but they may get a ch- chance at him
3: yeah well it is an unorthodox or, path. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. If,
1: Why make the decision? Yes, yeah,
3: exactly. Why make the decision? But unfortunately, you know, this is just kind of the way recruiting is is trending these days you know you you see it a lot where a kid will make a decision but will say well i'm still planning on taking all five of my trips and and this or that but um and that's what chris A is, is planning on doing um but you're right i mean he this is an unorthodox recruit because he didn't grow up rooting for a particular team um you know when he moved from nigeria nigeria to the states he was in Knoxville, so obviously he knows about Tennessee, but I don't know that he's necessarily, you know, locked in on, on being a volunteer, uh, you know, and, and I think that, um, again, getting getting a kid like this on campus, being able to show him – um, your your academic support, your life skills program, everything that you could do for him as a student athlete um, off the football field, I, I think is important. Um, you know, just like we, what we've seen with Daniel Sinique, uh he's very, very, you know, Paying paying close attention to uh, to the academic side of things and and kind of wanting to wanting to know he's
1: considering South Dakota State still yeah exactly I mean, you know and are. he's got major how he's got an Alabama offer and yeah. he still talks
3: about South Dakota State as an option yeah so I mean yeah you're talking about some some uh, some recruits that that go about the process completely different because their wants and needs are are different than most other guys so. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but he's definitely planning on taking that official in the fall. All
1: right, when we come back, we're going to ship back to Lincoln as Nebraska held their final Friday night lights camp. They're in the dead period right now. Uh, Got another commit, offensive lineman Matthew Anderson. Uh, We'll discuss all of that next here in our final segment. You're listening
0: here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, continuing our recruiting discussion. And Nate, Nebraska held their final Friday Night Lights camp here last week, as um, kind of the end of what's been a run of you know a lot of recruiting from the spring game uh, to the May of Owl to countless unofficial visitors on campus in June uh, to Friday Night Light camps, satellite camps, galore. Um, I guess just your final thoughts on what you saw uh, for Nebraska on this final Friday Night Lights camp.
3: Well, I think you've got to start with the commitments, first of all. Um, You know, and especially Ethan Piper. I think Ethan Piper's a guy...
1: Way under the radar. Yeah,
3: you know, that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, You know, know, Garrett Snodgrass and Garrett Nelson, as far as the in-state guys go, I think grab a lot of the headlines, a lot of the attention, and deservedly so. I mean, these are two guys, you know, Snodgrass won a state championship in football and basketball. Um, Nelson won one in in wrestling. I mean, uh, they're two really impressive kids, but... Um, you know, Piper, you know, won a state championship in football um, and at, at 279 pounds, he ran a 4.8 at the camp. And 31 inch vertical. And 31 inch vertical. I mean, holy cow. This kid is athletic. Uh, That's NFL
1: combine type stuff yeah. right
3: there. I mean, he's a big, strong athlete. Um, and and I think if if uh, you know if he wasn't an in-state guy and and you know didn't commit early to anyone, I think he's a guy that, that probably would have blown up uh, later on down the road and, and gained a, a ton more offers. Uh, I mean, obviously he had two big ones in Nebraska and Iowa, and the Hawkeyes were pushing real hard for him. But um, you know, so I think you have to tip your hat to, to Ethan Piper and the other commits for for working out first of all because these guys didn't have anything to prove to anybody. They didn't have to go out there. And and Compete, uh, but they're they're always looking to get better, and and uh, you know I like the fact that uh, they're not afraid to go out there and and, and you know work and, and compete against other guys. Um, you know another another big takeaway of mine was Tyler Miller, the 2020 offensive lineman out of uh, Jefferson, Iowa, Green County High School. Uh, I mean this kid is le- he be a
1: four star when he's it's all a legitimate
3: sand. giant I mean he's he's all of six eight probably pushing six foot nine uh, big long tall athlete you can tell he's a basketball player has he's got terrific feet for a big tall guy um, you know to be able to move like that and, and bend like that you just don't see that very often out of guys that are that are that tall uh, you know the, the coordination there is, is usually you know, Lacking, uh, they look kind of clumsy, but but not Tyler Miller. Um, and he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him. I, I think the thing I like the most about him is as the night progressed, he just kept getting better and better. And they were putting the best defensive lineman on him each and every rep. Uh, I mean, he was going against Ethan Piper. He was going against Caden Johnson out of Wahoo Newman. He was going against Aiden Colin, uh, the, the defensive end out of Colorado, who I thought also had a, a pretty impressive camp. So, um, you know, I, I think that Tyler Miller obviously already had an offer from Nebraska. Um, but I guarantee you that he w- went up their wish list uh, after after Friday night. You know, given what he was able to perform uh, and, and do at the camp.
1: I got to ask you, Nate, about quarterback Roman Purcell because they've already got their 2019 quarterback, um, so they're on to 20. And, man, there are a lot of names that are emerging as they're kind of 2020 key quarterback targets, and Purcell's another.
3: Yeah, Purcell was by far and away the best quarterback at the camp. Um, and was, uh, this is actually the second time I've been able to see him uh, in the month of June. I saw him at the St. Louis mega camp, and he was really, really impressive that day. Uh, he worked out both sessions uh, on that Saturday. And, actually, he worked out in front of Nebraska. Uh, and, and Troy Walter saw him at that St. Louis camp. Nebraska then saw him again at the USC Rising Stars camp and said... Kid
1: gets around. Yeah,
3: were, he's been to probably 15 camps this summer at least. Um, and and then when they saw him at the Rising Stars camp, they're like, okay, now you have to go to our Friday Night Lights camp. They they talked to him a little bit about it in St. Louis, but after the, the USC camp, they, they really told him that, that he had to get to Lincoln, and so he did. He showed up and was the best quarterback there, um, you know, and, and I think that he's squarely on the radar. Uh, I think Logan Smothers, though, is the guy that, that Nebraska probably has at the top of their wish list right now, um, you know, and they were the first big-time offer to come in for Logan Smothers Uh, You know, and he he came in for a visit early on in in June and that trip went extremely well. In fact, he was he told me he was thinking about committing on that visit, but decided to hold off. He he went uh, and took a couple other trips and visits to uh, to like Mississippi State, I think um, Auburn, Alabama uh and then you know shortly after his trip to Nebraska Urban Meyer reached out and got a hold of him and and you know basically begged them to, to come up to their Friday night lights camp this this past Friday uh and he did he did outstanding at their camp uh you know went on the whole unofficial visit and did the tour and met with the coaches this and that and you know tried on the gear and took all the pictures and all that and um you know Ohio State told him hey look uh we're not going to offer yet but but we're real close and we're keeping a very close eye on you and so i think that has kind of pushed his timeline back a little bit but but you're right i I think that uh there are a couple names that have emerged smothers is probably right at the top and and i think that purcell is not too far away garcia um well garcia is a 2021 uh he's uh, the husker legacy randy garcia is and he's blowing up yeah, he's blown up too uh, i mean he's added he's added about 6 or 7 new offers here recently um three or four from the sec uh you know he's added uh, three or four from the from the Pac-12, uh, yeah, and he's really really blown up. And you know, he's a guy that I think you know he early when Nebraska first offered in May, uh, you know, he talked about trying to get up to Nebraska for a visit in June and, and wanted to get back to Lincoln, and um, you know, and then all this attention came about, and I think that. You know, the last time I talked with him, he said, "Well, I'm I'm pretty much done with visits. I'm done with with going to camps. I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish." It's never that easy, though. Yeah, it's yeah. never that easy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and he said, "Now I'm just foc- turning my focus to uh, to my team and his Narbon team that out there in, in Harbor City, California. They're they are loaded, uh, so they're they're going to be uh, a tough team out there on the West Coast, uh, probably one of the best teams in the state of California this year." So he does have a lot on his plate in terms of that. But, um, you know, yeah, Nebraska's got a lot of competition now for for a legacy recruit in in, uh, Jake Garcia. And, Nate,
1: back back to Friday Night Lights, I mean, this has been a discussion, I know, on our board and, you know, comparing this year's camp to last year's and year three of Mike Riley kind of building it up. They had a lot of guys there. I'll say this. I I felt like there were a lot of guys that you kind of knew were long shots for Nebraska, but they came to Lincoln. They put on a hell of a show. They got a lot of Twitter followers, a lot of fan love. Um, This year didn't obviously have – the bookies and the the big five star four star guys that were in attendance, but I felt like it was more of like a realistic basic guys where Nebraska was going to get some of these. Where I don't know if that was always the case. Uh, you can say what you want. I, Micah Parsons was never coming to Nebraska.
3: No, Micah Parsons was never coming to Nebraska. It, but it was
1: great he was on campus. But yeah, it, it is. You can't you can't knock it.
3: No, absolutely um, I mean, at
1: all. But I'm not going to knock this year's camp either because I think year 1 of Mike Riley was pretty similar to year 1 of Scott Frost's Friday night lights. Camps. Absolutely.
3: Uh, and that's and that's my whole takeaway and I will never knock Mike Riley and that staff for forgetting some of the big name guys that they got on campus because because I mean the bottom line is you have to get them on campus to even have a shot with them. And so they,
1: they they got a shot on all of those Yeah, guys. And they got
3: they got a lot of big time guys on campus. They didn't necessarily close on all of them, uh but I mean, to even be in the, in the conversation, you have to at least get him on campus. So kudos to, to Mike Riley and that staff for, for doing that. Um, now, and I do think that we're going to see this camp evolve a lot from year one to year two, and, and probably see it evolve a lot from year two to, to year three. I mean, when when you look at the, the Friday Night Lights camp under Mike Riley last year and all the big time names that were there, that was two or three years in the making uh, in a lot of cases with a lot of those big time guys. So. I think that eventually we're going to see this camp. We we'll probably see this staff tweak things and and probably try to piggyback it more off of. Uh, a recruiting event like the barbecue that we saw in the second Friday Night Lights. I think that was important. Uh, that was, you know, very, I think, a smart move for, for this staff to, to try and have some sort of a recruiting event tied with the Friday Night Lights deal. Um, and and there's, they're going to change, they're going to make some big changes, I think, um, from year one to year two. And, and we're going to see this, uh, you know, the whole kind of complexity of the camp change quite a bit uh, going down the road.
1: All right, and Nate, as we wrap it up, Nebraska got another commit. Offensive lineman Matthew Anderson Uh, kind of fits the style of lineman they want. They're not necessarily – sure, everybody wants that finished product guy, but there's probably 15 or 20 of those kids in the country. They're finding that 6'5", 6'6", kid that's 250, 260, with the flats, kind of like a Ethan Pyther, a guy, a Piper, that's lean and strong that they can build up the right way. And it looks like Matthew Anderson's that kind of prospect.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are very few ready-made offensive tackles out there. And, and the ones that are out there have offers from basically everybody in the country. And so, um, you know, it, when you're recruiting the tackle position, sometimes you have to do, you have to project some guys. When well, Frost has time. Yeah, he's got time.
1: Mike Riley and guys like that knew that they had a gun to their head. Yep. They they didn't have time. They, they were like, no matter what, we're going to have six or seven years. I think most people say Frost is going to get – as much time as he wants, because this has to work for Nebraska. Yeah, there's
3: no doubt about that. And So I think that does t- change your approach a little bit. But I'm, I'll tell you this: I'm a huge fan of Matthew Anderson. I think that he's going to be a big time player at Nebraska, uh, and it's a it's a fascinating story because this is a guy that was a, a tight end uh, during his, his, I mean, coming up through youth football and, and all the way up until last year, he played tight end. Well, they had a need at offensive tackle, so they moved him from tight end to offensive tackle, and that's where he played at about 225. 230 pounds as a junior, played offensive tackle and just decided that he loved it. You know, he loved being able to to be aggressive out on the football field and knock guys down and and basically beat people up. And, um, you know, so he's a big athlete out there. And well, now he's 250 pounds. Uh, like you said, flat stomach, big, long, lean, athletic kid. Uh, I mean, he's an Eagle Scout. He volunteers at his high school with with the developmentally disabled. He's a he's a basically a 4-0 student in the classroom. I mean, this kid is is the total package. And uh, uh, Nebraska got in on him early because uh, once again, Ryan Held, who who's got some connections, basically seemingly everywhere. surprise, surprise, yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> There's uh, I, I think it was the coaches at McNeese State reached out to Ryan Held and say, hey. Uh, If you guys need a big-time offensive tackle, you need to look at this kid because – We've had him in camp, and, and he's going to be too big for us. We're, we're, we're not going to have a shot at recruiting this guy. But he's a Nebraska guy. And so they went down to Leesville, Louisiana, which is about 6,000 people, not necessarily a recruiting you know spot or a hub for, for coaches in the spring. Uh, they went down, watched him. They offered him. Greg Gostin went back down and, and watched him again. Um, and they decided, yeah, this is a guy. We're all in on this guy. Uh, and So they brought him up on the, on the unofficial visit, and, and that basically that was a wrap. But this kid, I think, has, has unlimited potential, uh, and, and they're going to be able to, to do – or Zach Duval is going to be able to do wonders with him in the weight room.
1: Well, thanks again here. That's a, uh, that's a wrap here on this week's show. We'll be back again next week.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.